Welcome to Dance to Heal. I'm your host, Jenny C. Cohen. Join me as I share stories of how dance and movement can bring healing in a way that is safe and tailored to your life. I'm a cancer survivor, mother of two, and an award-winning performer who found that movement was vital to my recovery. I created Dance to Heal Wellness and also authored the best-selling book, Outside in Recovery, Dancing My Way Back to Myself After Breast Cancer. I will bring new techniques to help you on your dance journey and healing path. Are you ready to move? Dance to Heal starts now. Greg Stern is the owner of From the Ground Up Physiotherapy, and he helps you get to the root cause of your pain by teaching you to move your entire body in new ways to wake up dormant muscles and movement patterns. And without further ado, I am so excited that you get to meet Greg today. Welcome, Greg. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I wanted to first start off with one of the questions you love to talk about, which is how does one get ready to move like a kid again? What does that mean even? Yeah, I mean, that's a very good question. I think that's the way that we're all seeking to feel, you know. I'm a physiotherapist and deal with lots of people that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, no matter their age. And everyone's kind of seeking this state of my body feels like it's older than it should. I feel broken down and I want to get back to feeling like a kid again. And the idea of being a kid is this idea that we used to play and expose our body to all sorts of different angles and movements and heights. And then we start to live our life. The moment we leave kindergarten kind of, and we're still springing and young, you know, as we get to elementary school, but high school, we just kind of start to accumulate more and more of what we're doing right now, sitting on our butts, being on seats. And then we've been told, okay, I got to be active and go to the gym. So I start to work in very isolated robotic ways, squats, deadlifts, push-ups, pull-ups, always good to be active. But then we start to lose this component of 3D, about leaving the ground, about jumping. And unfortunately, I'm not referring to like hitting a treadmill. I'm referring to this idea of just like, think about a kid that just is jumping around, skipping around, playing hopscotch. This is this type of idea that I'm referring to about being springy and young again. Oh, I love that. I love that. And from, okay, so I have really flat feet, Greg, all right, and uh, I... I've broken the Asian rule of no shoes in the house. I actually wear sneakers with supportive arch supports. However, there is a question you say you're always ready to answer, which is why do you insist on clients like myself were we to come to you that we go barefoot? What does that mean? Well, let's just go back to hundreds of thousands of years of, of proof that we've evolved to be barefoot. And unfortunately, what's happened over time is that if we look at places like rural villages and different places around the world, people adopt that those practices. But in westernized worlds, Europe, Europe, Canada, US, and plenty of places around the world, we've adopted this notion that the shoes that we have are good for us. And I'm not saying that shoes are bad, but what I am saying is that most of the shoes that we are wearing today do not allow our feet to function optimally. And I'll, I'll kind of break down a few attributes that I would like to see in a shoe and like contrast that with what we're seeing. And so an easy acronym to remember is WTF, 
what the foot, okay? So W stands for widest of the tips of the toes. Now, if you look at a classic shoe like an Asics, a New Balance, a Nike, a Brooks, even if you're buying the widest shoe that's available, where is it widest? The ball of the foot. And then it tapers down into kind of a triangle. Now, we could both agree that high heel shoes are a triangle. But even your classic running shoes are still compressing your toes a little bit. And so think about a nice, nice tripod, a nice sturdy tripod that holds up a camera. If I start to bring the, the, the legs closer together, what happens? It becomes less sta- steady and sturdy, right? So we definitely want a, sh- like a, a shoe that lets our foot be as wide as possible. And I just have an example here. So if people are watching, we could see this idea that there's a nice wide toe box here. And it looks like the shape of the foot. If we wore hands, uh, gloves that were always like mittens, right? Essentially where our four fingers were together. Well, what would happen over time if I you know, put a rubber band between o- over my fingers? Well, my hands would start to ache because they're always together and they couldn't move the way they were designed to. And so it's the same thing with our feet. And so that's one element. The second element is we actually want thin shoes, shoes that allow us to feel the ground. Our feet are like a sensor, just like our eyes are a sensor, right? If you're going to go outside to, you know, and it's really sunny out and you need to protect your eyes, you're going to wear sunglasses. You're not going to wear a blindfold. And what's happening when we wear our Asics or a Hoka's or, you know, Nike Air Max or any of the big slabs of cushioning between us and the ground, we're basically dumbing down the signal that our feet receive from the ground. So we're not able to, you know, be in balance. Imagine you're standing on a pillow, you're going to be off balance. Well, this notion of feels like I'm walking on a cloud and those advertisements that say it's good, we have to rethink that because it's actually disconnecting us and making us off balance. And then the final F stands for flat and flexible. One, when we're born, we're born with our heel and our toe at the same height. Flat shoes are good for you. Everything to be, I want to emphasize right now, this has to be caveated with the fact that when we become so accustomed to always being inside of shoes, it's hard to get out of them, but there is a process and we can discuss that for sure. Um, So we want something that allows our, our body to be balanced. Now, you know, why do women like to wear high heels? It accentuates curves, you know, bigger booty, bigger bust, right? And what that does is it, you know, exactly like I'm saying, it, it's, it pops features. But think about now my lower back. It's very exaggerated in, in terms of, but obviously not everyone's wearing high heels. But if we just think about a classing running shoe for a sec, most shoes are not flat. They're actually slightly elevated. And what that does is, again, it pushes my center of mass forward. I have to start exaggerating my back. It's going to put more pressure on my knees. And so obviously when we were born, we were born with our heel flat to our, and our toes at the same level. So our shoe should mimic basically a barefoot environment. And then the final note to make, and here's where you talked about arch support. Now, just to let you know, I was in arch, uh, like I had um, orthotics for five years. Now I hike barefoot. So our feet do change. It's just a matter of exposure to the right things. And so when we block, basically, if we, you know, we're on visual, so I might as well just show you here. I got a foot and I'm going to show you what happens when I bring the knee forward. What happens to the arch? Well, it flattens. Yes. Now, is that a bad thing or a good thing? It depends, right? Not really. Well, it depends on how we do it. If the foot flattens and all of a sudden the pinky toe knuckle is lost, that's no longer flattening. That's just the whole foot going in. So 
the flattening of the foot is nature's way of absorbing impact. The foot flattens, widens, and spreads like a trampoline. It goes down and then it pops forward. And now the foot gets stiff. Then it gets flat and gets stiff, flat and stiff. And that's supposed to take place. But imagine yourself for a second and you break your arm and you're in a cast for six weeks. What's going to happen to your arm after you've been in a cast? Stiff. It gets stiff. Quite stiff. And the muscles are, you know, they, they, they wither away. Well, when we're taking our rigid motion control stability shoes that we've been told are good for us, throw in some orthotics, what we're doing is we're just bracing the foot from moving completely. And so now all these joints that are supposed to have movement, like our arm is supposed to have movement, our feet are supposed to have movement too. And if we don't allow movement to take place, well, now our feet start to get achy and stiff. Now our knees start to take on a lot more uh, like joint reaction force because our feet no longer can do their job properly. Oh, I love that. And then, so my caveat to that is, what about those of us who, who are told, well, you didn't have an arch, so that's why you have a bunion. Well, we yeah. I would love to go in bare feet, minus the neuropathies from chemo. And I found that the shoes support, otherwise my big toes go in and nothing's holding them out. Ooh. Well, in fact, what I would say is that your running shoes that you're wearing right now are actually pushing your toes in. So being barefoot or going into shoes that I, you know, showed them, I could share a bunch of different brands with the listeners, but wearing little toe spreaders that you could find off of Amazon for very cheap that actually spread the toes out. And so you're wearing them walking around the house barefoot. You know, I, you know, I understand that you're experiencing neuropathy post chemo, but there's actually, you know, a principle called use it or lose it. I'm sure you've heard of it before. Yeah. I had a client that had, three years of neuropathy. She couldn't feel her feet. They felt numb all the time. And she went to a bunch of different doctors and then to neurologists and specialists and the podiatrist and the podiatrist sent them back to neurologists. And everyone's testing, testing, testing and complicating things. Because all I got her to do, a little spiky mat over here. Okay? Oh, I have that at home. <gasps> yeah. We should all be able to stand on this barefoot. It's just an acupressure mat, right? Chinese reflexology type thing where... When you first stand on it, you might want to shriek and you might not want to stand on the right way. And maybe you'll just stand on a sit like, and then lean your body weight forward and then put one foot forward. But we all should be able to comfortably stand on this mat barefoot, this acupressure mat. And I did that with this client when she freaked out the first time. And then I said, okay, so let's just put a bit of weight and then start to stand on your grass outside barefoot. And within three weeks, okay, she dealt with three years of foot numbness and went to all sorts of specialists trying to figure out what's wrong. But our nerve endings, like our eyes, imagine you basically put an eye patch on, you're going to start losing sight out of that eye. It's the same thing with our feet. Our feet become very um, you know, numb because these nerve endings, we need more vitamin T, vitamin texture. Okay? We need our feet to feel just like our hands feel You know, as we use our hands in daily life. Our feet are the same rich sensory nerve endings that they have are to feed information to our brain about the ground beneath us. But when we slab a massive cushioning between us and the ground, we're, we're, we're kind of dampening that signal. So that bunion that you're having is actually a result of your shoe pushing it inwards. Mm -hmm. But there are lots of brands that allow your toes to spread, pop on some toe spreaders on top of that, and then do some different exercises that I kind of go, go through with my clients. And all of a sudden, the foot will start to move in a different way. 
Again, I was in orthotics. I got an 80-year-old out of orthotics by just teaching them how to use their feet and the rest of their body more efficiently together, and things change for the better. Well, I love that. Thank you, Greg. I almost want to call you Dr. Greg. It's amazing because even when I go to my podiatrist, because I do wear extra wide square-toed shoes, even if they're heels, I no longer do the pointy triangle ones that you were talking about. Because first of all, even if it didn't hurt, it doesn't feel secure. Because I'm used to, in my dance classes, at least initially spreading my toes. Because there's not there's no integrity there yet, right? My toes will inevitably go in. However, I, I love this reminder to the audience that when you are moving in any way, you want to make sure you're making contact and grounding the floor. I love that. And, and then there, there is one of the questions that you want us to, okay, so my audience, I love to get them to move to anything. And we talked about them being able to dance or move more in their bare feet, right? You love to talk about how slouching is good for you sometimes. How does that play into people who are sitting all the time? So the thing is, when we, you know, it's a very good question. Um, we've all been indoctrinated to believe this concept of sit up straight, stand up straight, chest up, shoulders down and back, keep your head back, right? Now, what I'll invite people to do is take your hands and squeeze them together as hard as you can because you're squeezing your fists together. Okay, So what are you going to start to feel? Your hands are going to start getting a little achy, a little sore. Now I'm going to say, I want you to do this for the next 12 hours. Yeah, I don't think so, right? You can relax. So if we go into good posture, I'm putting quotation marks for a second. What is my lower back doing? It's squeezing. It's engaged. Now... If we teleported ourselves over to China or India or Thailand, you'll see 80-year-olds that are able to do a deep squat position, right? That they have the ability to do, you know, all the way down with their heels flat to the floor. And what is the shape of their spine when in those positions? Is it straight or is it rounded? It's rounded. It's rounded. And that's the natural resting posture of the human being. When we camped around a fire and we were all huddled around or spent more time on the floor, our, our spines are relaxed. But all of a sudden, so if I take that spinal relaxed position from a squat and I sit in a chair, which is a resting posture, I should chill. I should let my back be rounded and relaxed and not hold myself into good posture. Because what I'm doing there is I'm just engaging my muscles for like 24 hours a day and it's not sustainable. And so we then default into just using our faces. But if I just allow my ribs to relax, find the back of my butt, it's going to feel a lot more. Yeah. So like, don't go here. I know I, we're indoctrinated. Like it's so common to want to go back here, but allowing your body to just soften, really to sit on the folds of your stomach, it will feel more comfortable in your lower back. And so how does that play into like lower body stuff? One of the things that I, I actually teach, you know, we're all told, okay, bend your knees to pick something up and keep your back straight. Well, we don't actually need to keep our back straight when we bend down to pick something off the floor. But what we do need to do is keep our body a lot more over the foot. And I'll kind of demonstrate this with an example just so you understand. If I was to start a race, would I start the race leaning forward or would I start the race leaning backwards? Forward forward, right? So where I'm stacked on top of my foot and I'm like tensioning my muscles ready to, to fire, right? 
The thing is, when most people bend their knee and are ready, what actually happens to their body is that their bodies go back in space. And so they're loading their lower back. But if I actually teach someone how to stack their body, all of a sudden their entire leg kicks on. So it's like I'm bending their knee, their back leg is light, and they shift their weight on top of their leg. Again, of course, this is a bit more like once you feel it, you you immediately can sense, whoa, like even getting someone into that position feels like a workout for a lot of people. Like their calf turns on, their quad turns on, their butt turns on. Everything is just like engaged in a very different way. And now what I teach someone to do is relax their back and then bend down. But when they bend down, they still stay forward on top of the leg as opposed to kind of going. It's like imagine touching your toes. And as you touch your toes, all your weight goes back to your heels. I'm going to encourage people to like almost get off their heels, bend their knees and get more weight forward. And all of a sudden, like their their legs do all the work. And then when they come back up, if they keep their back slouchy and they learn how to push their legs, all of a sudden their legs start quivering like crazy because I'm taking away their primary driver, which is so like imagine just like your nipple line lifting to the sky. Well, that's your lower back engaging. But if I stay slouchy and come back up in a manner where my hip does the job rather than my lower back, it's a very different movement. And it feels weird for most people because they're not used to doing it. But all of a sudden their pain goes away. So that's a kind of cool thing. So I'm, I'm kind of redistributing the workload away from the back, lower back and sending it down into the legs to take on the load. I love this. I love this because it even ties into the beginning of the conversation, right? Because if we're shifting away forward, we're actually taking the pressure off of our ankles and knees and actually putting ourselves in a position where the, the power is coming from our legs. The spring our load, brain. right? Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. That's it. Like think about a tennis player. It's again, it's it's subtle because it's it's not about just being on the tippy toes. It's about finding the ball of the foot and learning how to be springy. And so you don't find a tennis player back on their heels. Every athlete, you know, I'm uh, like imagine I got to push a car that's stuck in the snow. I'm gonna end up leaning my body weight forward and my pushing through my midfoot and my forefoot rather than being on my heels. But when we go to the gym, often personal trainers are cueing, pushing through the heels. There's a lot of um, misnomers and misguided things about chest up and always, you know, popping up, and that's going to just strain the lower back and, and and disconnect us from from the ground. Oh, I love that. Okay, so we've talked about the 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 feet and the ankles. We've talked about being aware of the physical body. You also will sometimes discuss about the role of the rib cage with mm-hmm. congression. With is this part of that, or is there more to? It's certainly part of it. I would say, you know, like I got a quote with Conor McGregor in the background. Whether you love him or hate him, the the quote says, it, you know, injury is not just a process of of recovery; it's a process of discovery. But anyway, the point to make about him is just think about a fighter for a sec. Would a fighter? be in good posture with their chest up, with their shoulders back, or are they actually like more dancing, more fluid? So a lot of things that I'm getting with people with their ribs is to learn how to understand that like when we side bend, one side should be closed and one side should be open. And the the same thing the other way. So there's a lot of things that I get where fluidity and, and smoothness comes from an ability to tap into this kind of spinal engine. I, I you know if you see how I'm moving right now, it's like my shoulders are never even. And I'm moving like I'm ready to run. Like it looks like I'm running or this looks like I'm fighting or kayaking, right? And so this idea being that we want fluidity and movement out of our rib cage instead of what we often hear in the gym, which is core tight, don't move. 
if you don't move, well, you get stiff. If you train to be stiff, you're going to be stiff. And so instead, I prefer people to to do a lot of things where they kind of create these closures on one side and maximal openings, compression, expansion. And, and so it's uh, just a concept of, you know, our bodies are meant to explore 3D movement. Certainly what where most people find themselves is imagine you're walking on the street and I scare you from around the corner. What are you going to do? You're going to be in this chest up posture, right? And now you start to wonder why your back hurts. Well, if you're in this moderate stress all day long of feeling like you're, you're like your you're alerts, your chest is up. Well, the whole extensor chain, your whole backside is more compressed. And this is why this slouching is very needed because if I compress the front, I open the back. I compress the side, I open this side, you know? And so we're just exploring all the possibilities of our body. And it, it starts with, think about the, the middle of our body is our rib cage. And so this needs to be an area that moves well. You know, there's a lot of abdominal muscles that are not just about going up and down, but rather exploring rotation and side bending. Oh, that's good. That's good. So listeners and viewers, if you're watching this via the YouTube video, I really am so glad and grateful Greg agreed to come on today's episode because I talked to you about dancing in movement and it's applicable to do even simple things such as feet health and in being aware, right? In your everyday activities, are you incorporating your rib cage? Are you doing 3D movement? Greg, is there any offers or programs you're doing that the public can access and, and get in touch with you or at least get some some Greg in their life? Yeah, <laughs> some Greg in their life. Um, for sure. So, I, you know, the name of my company is From the Ground Up Physiotherapy. And so it's, again, this whole idea of the foundation is, is impacts the rest of our body and we shouldn't ignore that. Just the way that a building, we need to consider this. And so, um, what I've done is I've packaged together an online program teaching the exact same system that I teach to my one-on-one -on -one clients. And all this comes from, you know, I dealt with many, many years of chronic pain myself. So it's not like it's coming from just a young guy that just thinks, okay, like, yeah, trust me, I understand when you get to my age. I was broken completely. I had surgery on my foot. I had hip pain and back pain and foot pain chronically for years and years. And I was trying all the traditional solutions that I, that were out there. I was going to physio. I was going to osteo. I was doing everything. I got orthotics, as I mentioned. And now I could go hiking barefoot. I could slackline. I could do lots of very cool things. And that came from deliberately and methodically applying all the mentorships and education that I was learning outside the confines of like what I was learning in school. And so what I've done is I've now packaged together this system that I teach to my one-on-one -on -one clients here in my clinic here in Montreal and that have helped people that have tried, that have claimed to have tried everything and they're starting to get better. They're starting to, you know, they're getting back to doing the things they love because it's not just about band-aid solutions and you know very isolated exercises that just you know don't really mimic the the demands of real life the whole idea of as i'm talking about these, these stacking the body exploring 3d movements these are all part of my program that i have and if people you know it's again it's it's something that you could do in the comfort of your own home whether you're you're a beginner or an advanced uh you know in terms of your movement practice and i promise you'll you'll learn something along the way and you know if you just want to dive into some free contents like just to you know get who the hell is this guy like what you know i know he's talking about shoes and ribs and weird things and 
you know, I've been just told to, you know, put a heat pack on and it's going to get better, you know. And I hear that every day, like I get a cortisone injection. It didn't work. Well, you're not changing how you move. And so the pain will maybe get better, but then it comes back. And so the frustration lies in a solution that you've, you just haven't yet addressed the root cause. And the root cause of most aches and pains is just how you are loading your body, how you're moving. And if we move more efficiently, pain goes away as a byproduct of better movement. So people can find me uh, like on all Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at Ground Up Physio. So Ground Up and Physios, P-H-Y-S-I-O. And if they want to explore, I have a freebie that people could, you know, opt into and see, you know, some of these movements that I'm coaching people through. And if, you know, if you want more one-on-one guided help, I, again, I, I, the program would be a great place to start. I take also virtual consultations. So, um, I've got clients all around, all around the world. So if people are again, like, wait, I have to, like, how do is it's not going to work for me. I, I'm not with you. No, no, no. It can work. You know, my, these exercises are, are very simple and I kind of coach people through in a very methodical way to start to integrate these into their body. And, and you know, 1% better every day is 1%, but the reality is I, I make pretty profound changes with people pretty quickly um, by just getting their body stronger, more mobile, more free, and, uh, you know, good things happen. So you heard it here. You can have a little bit of Greg all to yourself if you just go to groundupphysio.com. And in addition, once you've done his warm-up, be sure to check out the free class and the myofascial release course that I'm releasing under danceandheal.com. And listen, Greg, we're going to have to have you come back. I feel like we run out of time. And we have planned all these other things to talk about, audience. And I've only gotten to like a third of the things we were going to talk about. So we'll have to have you come back, Greg. Make sure that in the meantime, you check out his free content and look him up, folks. Greg, thank you for coming. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Dance to Heal with Jenny C. Cohen. Come back next time to hear stories of recovery through movement and learn more ways that you can move your body. To work with me and continue your journey, visit OutsideInRecovery.com. Are you ready to move?